change its leadership every four years and that does not divide over such matters. Welcome to a safe place. Welcome to a place where perfect love has long ago cast out fear. Welcome to a place that is saturated with love. And if you are, this is your first visit here, welcome home. We've been waiting for you. And we're so, we saved a seat for you, obviously. So we're, we're very glad that you're with us this morning. I'd like to also invite you to Starting Point. Uh, it'll be run in my office during class. Now, there are some really good classes here. And you might be thinking, oh, I don't want to miss the class. I understand that. But this is important that you get to know who we are, why we do what we do, and see if you'd like to join on that journey or just ask some questions. It is also, if you're in this class, you need to know it's recorded and it'll be online tomorrow. So you can go ahead and go to Starting Point and visit there. I want to start with a scripture that is not going to be on the screen behind. When we talk about Jesus... Very often, we get this picture in our head that comes from paintings. It'll be a really white guy with really nice long hair and a perfectly white robe holding a baby lamb, little children about his feet. And that shows a, a couple of perhaps good things about Jesus. He wasn't white and didn't do the long hair and the white robe thing, but he, he was gentle and he is our shepherd, but he also had an edge. And that edge became a stumbling block. Listen to what he says. And this is only near the end of a whole chapter, Matthew chapter 10. And it's one of two chapters in Matthew where everything Jesus says could be taken as an offense. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 32, whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Now those are, those are difficult words. And they're not very often talked about. But the fact is that sometimes when you talk about Jesus, you offend. And this will be an offensive sermon. I, I wish that it were otherwise. But reality is what reality is. And that, that can sometimes be offensive. People don't care for facts. Fact is that most people aren't moved by facts. They're moved by feelings. And that's why a politician doesn't bring out a big graph and show you facts and figures, but rather will say, I met a small child who wrote me a letter and said, and everybody goes, oh, and I'm going, stop it. Where are the facts? Probably wasn't even a small kid wrote the letter, but that's all, you know, what are the facts? Callers into radio programs, whether liberal or conservative, rarely say, I think. They say, I feel, or this offends me. So understand this, God did not send Jesus to earth so that we could be protected against being offended or challenged. He sent Jesus because he loves us, and that love is a reality that we need to deal with, a reality 
that will cause us to reorder our lives because it is factual and facts matter. Look at the names that Jesus gives himself in a very well-known passage in John chapter 16. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Notice something very important here. Jesus does not offer himself as one of several alternatives. He does not say that he is a way, a truth, a life, but rather the way, the truth, the life. And right there is what you find, is the reason that Christianity is so offensive. In this country, you cannot make fun of religions except for this one. You cannot attack publicly religions except for this one. Now, please, people, that's not persecution. It's not persecution when somebody attacks the, the concept of Christianity, the practice of Christianity, the beliefs of Christianity. We're not being hauled off to prisons. Our children are not being taken from us. Just be aware, the reason they come at us is because most other religions offer themselves as one possible choice. Christianity does not. By the way, in case you're wondering, yes, most Muslims also believe they're the only possible choice. But they also, uh, some of their group, what percentage is up to debate, um, will come at you if you disagree with them. So they're not safe to criticize. Christians, on the other hand, are required by Jesus Christ to be peaceful and to not attack you. Therefore, it's safe to attack Christians. Now, let's talk about this some. When Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life, if you were looking for any wiggle room, he took it right out when he said, no one comes to the Father except through me. Now that pains me sometimes. It, it offends me at other times, but it mainly just pains me. And here's why. Think of what we have at this church. This church is so full of love, so full of giving, so full of forgiveness, so full of kindness, and yet it is the best kept secret in Williamson County. If this county knew what was in this building, we would have to have 10 services a week. Don't you believe that? I do. But for most of us, we have accepted Christ as an addition to our life rather than our life. Therefore, it's a place we go without telling our friends that there's only one way, not just one church. I understand that. But that they need to follow Jesus. They've got to get to Jesus. I've told the story before, so I'll compress it quite a bit. I was teaching um, a neuroscience thing at Ohio State when somebody in the crowd read my bio. Uh, they, I guess my lecture was at Sterling and exciting that day. 
threw a hand up. I called on them, and they said, in your bio, it says you're a minister. And I said, yes, I am. And they said, how can you be a minister and a scientist? And I said, I can't answer that question till the big hand hits the 12, and then I can. After class is over, anybody wants to stay, can stay, and I'll answer any questions you've got. It went to 12, nobody left. I went, uh-oh, and realized um, <laughs> it was on. Uh, and, and had a great time. And one of, them, one of the first questions out the, uh, out the box was, do you believe that you have to believe in Jesus to go to heaven? And I said, yes. And the whole room went, rawr, rawr, rawr. Now, I didn't want to tell them. I thought it was even more difficult than that. I just, I just wanted, let's just go with this right now. Um, and so I said, before we go any further, I believe that you have to go through Jesus Christ to get to heaven. And you believe that makes me fill in the blank. And the person said, I, I don't remember in all the order, but narrow-minded, bigoted, prejudiced, old-fashioned, stupid, ill-educated. And there were a lot of curse words too. And every one of them I wrote on the board because I know how to spell them. <laughs> 300 years of a military family, you pick up some skills. <laughs> so... At, as, as soon as they ran out of all the adjectives that they could, they could throw up there, I said, I believe that you have to go through Jesus Christ to get to heaven. And you say that makes me, and I turned around and read all the words. I turned back to them and I said, and you are correct. Unless I'm right. And if I'm right, none of these apply. Facts are facts. We went from there, but that's offensive to the world. The world wants you to believe that any way you want to think and live is just fine. And you can even decide what sex you are on which day you are. Let's not argue about things like science and DNA. Let's just talk about how you feel on a certain day. Friends, I'm sorry. Facts are facts. And we have to deal with facts. As I told my kids years ago when the song was popular, R. Kelly may think he can fly, but he can't. Facts are facts. And if he tries, he will die. And if that offends him, it won't be for long. <laughs> Anything you want to believe is fine? No, absolutely not. If you believe that taking little bits of arsenic will build up your immune system, you're wrong. It will kill you. Or if you go the other side and believe, I believe that you should only eat organic fruit to, and nothing else. That's a belief you're allowed to have, but it's not, a fa it's not based on fact. You will die sooner. It is not okay just to believe what you want to believe. If you're saying by that, it'll get everybody to the same place. It won't. One of the worst things a man can do when he is away from home is to tell anybody where he's going because every man has a better road. They'll say, what time are you leaving? And I know it's going to start. I'll be relieving at 3.30. Oh, you don't want to take that road then. You'll want to go off this road instead. I had one man tell me, it's hard to believe this, but it is actually true. When I got off the interstate once in Oklahoma and got turned around, couldn't find the interstate, stopped at a petrol station, gas station, and asked the young man there how to get, and he said, just go down here, turn left where the Johnsons used to live. I said, you know, the Johnsons and I have not been in contact for years now. And, <laughs> and he said, you can't, oh, no, it gets better. You can't miss it. It's where the big barn burned down. <laughs> is the rubble still there? Is there, is there, 
something I could find. Everybody has a different way. Everybody has your own opinion. People, you have the right to your own opinion, but not all opinions are equal. And you have the right to your own path, but not all paths will get you to the same place. I cannot call my mortgage people tomorrow and say, it is narrow-minded of you to think that I can only pay for this via currency. If you will redirect your security cameras in a parking lot, I will come tomorrow and do an interpretive dance <laughs> of the value, love, and lore of First Community Mortgage and its employees. That should sort out this month's payment. It's, I've lost Steve Helgeson. Um, <laughs> it's a pain to be a, yeah, it's a, it's a pain to be a visual thinker, isn't it, Steve? It is. No charge for the entertainment. I cannot get to Texas by driving toward Miami. And stop it, because I said that once, and the guy goes, oh, but the world's round. Yes, it's also wet. <laughs> I would drown before Biscayne Key. People, in fact, if you laid my relatives end-to-end -end around the world, three-fourths of them would drown. How's that? So, it is wet. I can't get to Texas that way. Oh, you're being narrow-minded. No, I'm being factual. We understand that in everything else in our life. Why can't we understand it in religion, the most important part of our life? There is a path to God. There is a way to heaven. There is a single truth, and its name is Jesus. And that is why Christianity is so offensive. Politicians, websites, educators will all tell us that we all serve, the, all serve the same God if there is a God, and all roads lead to the same place, but that's not true in any other circumstance of life. So why would one think it's true in this one? It's because there's a secular religion that is baseless, when it comes to facts. And it says anything is okay and nothing matters in the field of religion and ethics and morality, but in everything else it does matter. Really? Upon what evidence do you base that? Look at what Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1 says. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Do you remember the old King James? Faith is a substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. I've had people, religious people at my doorstep that will tell me to accept their sacred book. And I'll say, what is your evidence? And they'll say, if you pray, you'll get a burning in your heart. That's what they're trained to say. Sorry. Burning in a heart is not evidence. Could be a symptom of a heartburn, heart attack, a lot of things. I need evidence. God does not ask you to believe that Jesus is the Christ without evidence. He has supplied it in archaeology. He has supplied it in scripture. He has supplied it in history. He has supplied it every step of the way. And says, now you know what you believe in. You've got assurance. Step forward in faith. Here are the facts. The various religions available to us are not talking about the same God. The Buddhists have many wonderful things to teach us. I believe that. I've read their scriptures. Not all of them. They got a lot. But I've read most of the major ones. And a lot of what they say I find to be sterling and wonderful. But it won't get you to God. Because it believes you're already a God. 
I'm a God, you're a God, the trees are God, the brooks are God, grass is a God, the sky is a God. Here's a problem whenever you do that, you make the word mean nothing. Think of the word, think of the color brown. If I could say that's brown, this is brown, this is brown, you're brown, this is brown, and brown means nothing then. God is not everything, and everything is not God. But much of our modern Western secular entertainment and education is based upon the idea that we are all God and that you are the authority. You are God, at least in some sense of the term. So when Jesus says he is the way, the truth, and the life, he offends this world. Jews and Muslims teach that there's only one God and that we are not part of him. We agree with them on that. But neither of them accept Jesus as equal to God. That kills the idea that we're all worshiping the same God. Because if you don't believe our God is a God, we're not worshiping the same God. Most religions teach that the way to God is through your work. Perhaps sacrifices, charities, reincarnation, obeying scores of rules, traditions, going through ceremonies. And if you do it all right, and you get the right enlightenment at the right time, you'll eventually enter heaven or nirvana or the oneness or whatever it is out there. But Christianity teaches that's the wrong road. Christianity teaches that you cannot enter heaven by your own effort. Your works are not the road to heaven. Jesus is the only road. And church folk, let me talk to us, our religious tribe. Doctrinal perfection and doctrinal precision is not the road to Jesus or God. It is Jesus that is the road to God. It is a relationship, not a particular right, R-I-T-E. Jesus is the only road. And he took the initiative out of love for us. He came to us. He paid the debt. He did the work. And it's by his efforts that we are saved. This isn't something we're making up. In fact, C.S. Lewis famously said, if you tried to make up Christianity, you couldn't. All of this, theology, salvation, creation, it's greater than anything we could have imagined. And it's not a figment of our imagination. It is a result of revelation. God created the heavens and the earth. God created men and women in his own image. They were placed in an environment where if they followed him, they would be protected and cared for, but they rebelled and their bond with God was broken. Not content with being uh, allowing that bond with him to be forever severed, God promised to send a Messiah. The word means the anointed one, the one given this task. That Messiah would bring us back to him. He would be the way, the truth, the life. And that's exactly what Jesus did. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. All of this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave to us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling, that's a, that's a religious word, it means bringing back together, reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are, therefore, Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. 
we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. We can always wonder why Jesus had to die. I'm not sure that I know all the answers to that. I do know this. You can never go to God and say he has held back anything from you. You can never go to God and say you loved me with 99.999% of your heart, but you held back. No, he gave everything he had to this. He put it all on the line. He showed us he is serious about this. The question is, are we serious about this? Why couldn't Jesus just say, and God just say, oh, we'll forgive you. We'll let it go. The reason is that that would be offensive too. There is a price in forgiveness. If you punch me in the face, not recommended, but if you punch me in the face and I forgive you, who bears the cost? Well, I do. If you kill my son, and I forgive you, who bears the cost? I and my son do. If somebody kills my son, and one of you runs to them and says, I forgive you, that's out of line. You didn't have a cost. You weren't hurt. Jesus and God were hurt. So they paid the cost and said, I forgive you. I think it's Fair to ask if Jesus lived in a way that lived up to that I am the way, the truth, and the life thing. And I would submit that he did. He spoke with authority, backed up everything he said, never said, well, you know, it's possible there'll be another Messiah popping along. You can go with him too. He went about doing good, the book of Acts says. He lived without sin. In fact, at his trial, they couldn't find anything bad to say about him, so they had to pay people to make up stuff. People, you wouldn't have to pay people to make up stuff for me. They could just tell the truth. But Jesus, they couldn't find anything bad. Nobody who knew him could find evil in him. And of all the great religious leaders in the world, only one of them has a grave that's empty. He knows how to get to God. That's why his body's not in a, a grave. Why don't we follow the guy that knows the way? That seems to make a lot of sense to me. We who walk the Jesus road, he said, are, are to imitate him. We're separate people because our road is not everybody else's road. It is the way. Now, I want to explain something here. If you're a visitor or dipping your toe into Christianity, you might think this sounds incredibly arrogant. And I get that. I really do. But I want you to understand something. It's a very important distinction. We are not saying we are the way. We've got it. Join us. We are saying he is the way. He has it. Join him. We are broken and sinful people. Take a look at these beautiful windows. Um... They're not made of glass. They're made of many pieces of glass. All of us are broken pieces. It is God who arranges 
the beautiful mosaic, the stained glass out of the shattered shards of our lives. We are not saying be like us. We are not saying follow us. We are not saying join us. We are saying be like him, follow him, join him. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Because our way, truth, and life are different from those of the world, the fruit of our life will look different from the fruit of theirs. Look at your newspapers, look at your news, and then think of Galatians chapter 5. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such thing there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. It was a year or more ago that our brother Albert did a, a prayer seminar for us. And Mark was so kind to come and do, uh, I think Melissa was with you that day, to, to do some music for us. And it was the first time, I've been on the planet a long time, and I should have noticed it a lot sooner. It was the first time in my life I had noticed that all of our prayer songs are waltz time. Now, if you don't know what that means, I'm not going to demonstrate, because I love you, I'm not going to sing. Mark, you can bring your team up. What I'm going to say is this. Jesus being the way, the truth, and the life doesn't mean that we have a set of regulations. It means we have a dance. We have a walk with the Lord of the dance, the master, the master of the universe, Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. Would you stand, please? Native Americans of many different tribes when they speak of somebody who has left native religions and joined the Christians, they don't say they become a Christian. They say they have taken the Jesus road. I've always thought, while that is meant to be a sign of they are outside of us and away from us, I've always thought that was one of the greatest compliments you could ever give to a person. They have left our road. They're taking the Jesus road. We need to walk away from our roads and get on the road. Let us do the same. Let us have the courage of Luther who stood and said, Here I stand. I can do no other. So help me, God. Let us live that Jesus is not an add-on to our life, the place we show up on Sunday, but rather tell the world, facts matter. There is one Messiah. And Jesus is his name. Amen, church?